you. Are now about to witness. There's been a personal request that I don't scream. So we're going to try something else. The awesome. Crushing a might of the U. G S Robinson Show Stop ah, ah, ah. I don't know if that was any more effective, man. I think that was probably sleepier. But if you got headphones on and you're at work, you won't get fired. Uh-oh. <laughs> ah. Oh, no, it's total chaos. Yeah, look, I, I got to start it again <laughs> because I stepped on it. Let's see if I can advance it here. Let's try it a little bit. Yeah, it's chaos. Without the scream, everything is fuck up. I think that's right. Listen, you got Bob Riley intro, all of nothing. From Stigmata's great record, Calling of the Just. Don't get any of their other records, only Calling of the Just. Because on that one, you have Bob Riley sing the song that kicks off our show as it has since 2007. Different show, different name, same song, remains the same. Listen, listen well while I get the mic going. And he sings the words, the watchwords, that should be the watchwords for your entire week. I'm on my way back to nowhere. I took my time and I could not see so clear. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back and for always nothing. All right. Well, that was a complete catastrophe. Next week, we're going to, you know, one monkey don't stop no show. We're going to come back with the scream. You know the scream is coming. Take the headphones off. Then there's a scream. Put the headphones back on. It completely discombobulated me this week. So, uh, you know, I I said I would. I did. I have. Unless there's some strong feeling, otherwise I'm going to go back to it. You're going to have to plan accordingly. Uh, sorry for your hearing. Let's see. There we go. We got the balls, the blue snowballs, courtesy of Roma Raider, a viewer since like 2011. Uh, got this. I, uh, thank you, sir. Also has another camera showing up so I could do maybe multiple angles or I could Hold it here. We could get some like waggity, waggy, waggy, good stuff happening. Anyway, listen, this is March 31st, Sunday, March 31st. It is the last day of the month. Uh, it takes Patreon sometimes to do a tally, but uh, a cursory glance, and I'm not really good at cursory glances, but a cursory glance seems to indicate that you all step the fuck up. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that makes this show not a lonely, crazy endeavor of pointlessness. 
but actually something that feels sort of worthwhile. So uh, thumbs up, hats out to y'all who donated. The rest of you freeloaders, you greedy bread gobblers, you malingerers, you work shy individuals, you grumblers, you know, uh, you know, let that be on your conscience. You know, if you can live, if that's the kind of person you are, you can live with this, God love you. Anyway, uh, this is V59. <laughs> I, I, I this is this thing. I need a, to have a stand. I don't, it, it's complicated. I could get it like a, a, a boom mic stand or something. Universal sign boom mic stand. Anyway, um, the, there were a couple of fights yesterday. And this is more, this is kind of like when a, um, it used to be a time where people would like, no matter what the record, man, you like, you like Janis Joplin, the big holding company, you bought that whole album, right? You liked you know, whatever, Cream, you bought that whole, Jimmy Hendrix bought the whole album. But then record labels start to like, kind of, the guy's got three good songs, what else? It's not enough for an album. I just slapped some shit on there. And then by the time the mid 70s, mid to late 70s hit, you know, it was not uncommon for you to buy a record that had a big hit on it. And the rest of the songs on it were completely trite. Now, everybody in those bands thought that the remaining five fucking songs were great, but they were coked out of their heads. So what do they know? The reality of it is, you know, uh, and now people do not think about, uh, unless you've got an older performer, don't people who make music, don't think in terms of album, album-oriented rock. They don't think in terms of set pieces because people enjoy songs individually. And it always freaks me out to go to iTunes, to go to the Oxbow page, Oxbow page on iTunes, and then look at the songs that I listen to more than other songs. I mean, this is something for you guys who got math heads. But if we have seven records with eight songs, okay, I understand that the distribution would not be even. But in my album-oriented thinking, they should be closer in time than when you break it out and you can hear, you can see for yourself that people are actually favoring songs and, you know, whatever. If they had had this back in the, in the mid-70s, they would have seen that uh, they could probably cut a few songs, pay, pay the guys less, not good for the musicians. But my point is, Oofsie won all the fights this past weekend. They were not albums. They were not albums. They were more fitting to music in 2019, where if there's a song, I'll download that song because I like that song. Give the people what they want. Well, you know, there have been occasional records where I've been turned on to other songs. I'm thinking very specifically of My Aim is True by Elvis Costello. The first song I heard off of that was Watching the Detectives. Great song. I could have stopped there. Nowadays, well, maybe if you like this, you might also like that. Maybe I would listen to the whole thing. I don't know. Even if I go to iTunes to buy my music, which is where I buy my music, I still go for albums. I don't give a shit. You know? I, in other words, it's like somebody once said to, uh, in, the, in the sex column that I do called Sex with Eugene, they said, do you have special tips or tricks for having sex with somebody that you're not that attracted to? I didn't ask. not my job. But when I asked you guys to step, you all to step up, for a, a friend of mine at work got reprimanded for using the phrase you guys too often and, and the temptation uh, you know the temptation was to like to scoff at that why i'm okay with that gender neutralize your conversation you know why because i bet you i can do it much more easily than you can i look at these things as personal challenges 
So you all use all acceptable. If I see uh, an insect or an animal gender indeterminate, do you say, oh, look at him? Or you say, look at it. Why not? Why not? Why not accommodate that all things in the world are not he's? I don't know. Don't give me shit. The guy who got in trouble for he hasn't shared it with me, so I don't know the full story, but I heard it secondhand. Uh, okay. Yes, those of you that realize that if you need to get a hold of me during the show, you can tweet me, and it, my phone my phone shows up. Phone shows up like that. I, I can see it during the show. So if something's wrong, say something. So anyway, so um, so you all use uh, you may have enjoyed some of the fights. The Twitter last night was sparse, and indeed, I wasn't uh, I wasn't there. I didn't watch the fights live because I got ESPN Plus, and now I can enjoy the fights as is my want in a schedule and a timing. Good, thanks. Sound good? Video good. Yep. And I can enjoy them in my time as it is. So last night when y'all were watching the fights, I was hanging out with Luke Stewart. Um, I don't know if you remember Luke Stewart. He was a strike force fighter, MMA guy, Henzo Gracie, uh, Half Gracie, sorry, uh, black belt, and uh, a tattoo artist extraordinaire has a place called the Seventh Son Tattoo, where he's booked up like ten months in advance. I got a time. I got time for him when January eleventh, twenty twenty. Word to the wise: that guy who can give you a tattoo right now, uh, 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 like the barber. Who's ready to have, cut your hair right now? Uh-uh-uh. Don't do that. Don't do that. So, but it was interesting since Luke has retired. It was interesting to get some of his insight. Uh, uh, and since he's still hanging with Halp, some of his insight there, as well as training with Halp's lawyer, some insight there. So, uh, a lot of a lot of good MMA gossip over the transom. None of which I'll mention here because I I don't want to attribute it. I don't want it to be, even if I don't cite him as a source, I don't want you to believe that he was a source. I'm just mentioning where I was during the fight time. And I was with a, a uh, Gil Melendez, Jake Shields uh, fighter, uh, as well, El Nino fighter as well. So we were all hanging out last night and I went to get some dinner and I went to see the movie Us, uh, which is why uh, there's going to be a You Kill Me later on. Uh, if you subscribe to the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper channel, It'll show you not only is there going to be a JJB coming up after the show, but there's going to be a You Kill Me as well. Uh, you can watch it anytime you like. So speaking of which, this was not an album-oriented weekend of fights. This was a, a, a Vegas pick'em. I was interested in David Branch and Hermanson. I was interested in Gaethje and Barbosa. I was interested in Michelle Waterston versus Carolina uh, Kovalkovich. And I was interested in the one... Uh, Demetrius Mighty, Mighty Johnson and Eddie Alvarez. But more importantly, this entire week, and I, I, you had to know I was going to get to it, I was watching the media scrum, uh, uh, this, uh, uh, this rogues gallery of uh, so-called MMA journalists who are trying to hedge their bets. Listen, listen. The best bosses I've had have said something very similar or derivation of what I'm about to say. Said, you don't worry about the edge, Eugene. You go for the edge 
and you can count on me to pull you back in. I've had at least two or three bosses say that to me, different contexts, different bosses. So when I hear uh, the caution and the, in, in, in the, in the ginger regard that MMA journalists have, have decided to, to treat the, the McNuggets thing with, um, I, I, I kind of throw up a little bit. Um, and, and, and in a large part in my mind, it's part of, it, it is part of a continued problem of how people understand rape and sexual assault in America. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be uh, uh, a jurisprudential genius. Can't do that. But I'm going to hearken back to my, a conversation I had with my mother after she read my novel, A Long Slow Screw. If you like to read in French, it's Paternostra. If you like to read in Italian, before the end of this year, that book is be released in translation in Italian, probably under the same name, Paternostra. They can't translate a long, slow screw in a romance language and have it have the same and have it have the same double meaning. But uh, it, not, uh, spoiler alert: I'm going to reveal something about the book. She said, well, "You have you have some homosexual rape in the book. Why?" Don't Donna Shalala me on my own show. Some of you have heard this. And I explained to my mother that I had to, I, I, uh, it was a character-defining moment, and I had to get the reader to understand that these were bad guys. And she goes, but why homosexual rape? I go, because Hollywood has, has, uh, has glamorized rape. Ugly people get raped all the time. That's not who we think about when we think about rape, you know. Indeed, a good portion of the rapists who I've seen interviewed who have talked about it imagined that they were somehow involved in, you know, a consensual transfer of information. Oh, yeah, yeah, she might not have wanted it when we started, but once we got started, you know, I was there. I talked to some guys who were, this is kind of a gamey story. I talked to some guys who were uh, institutional guys, if you know what I mean. And they were talking about some cat who they hung out with who was, um, never seemed very right to me. Um, And he had had problems. He had a a multiple number of problems. And he was telling me, somebody was telling me, "You, you know, dude, I was like, yeah. And he's like, he's got, he's got problems, man. I go, what do you mean? He's got problems. He's like, he's got drug problems. I go, well, you mean he takes drugs? He can't afford the drugs? He goes, nah. I go, what do you mean? What do you, you got to spit it out. He goes, he's giving it up for drugs. I go, what do you mean he's giving it up for Giving up what? The guy looked at me like I was stupid, thinking about, you know, institution. What do you think? So he's giving up his ass for drugs. Giving up his how do you know? He goes, I was there. Oh, did he have cash? In other words, I'm trying to figure out. Well, as it turns out, the guy had cash, but they raped him anyway and took the cash. And I said, Oh shit, you guys raped him? And he looks at me, he goes, What do you buy? He was giving it up. No, 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 no. He goes, oh, don't, no, I don't feel like it. He enjoyed it. 
Smitty enjoyed it. He didn't go there with the intent of having you put your dick in his ass, did he? No, but once he was there, he enjoyed it. So you see, you see, the thing is, okay, I believe that if the guy left with his drugs, ah, Jesus Christ, if he left with his drugs and the cash, in which case he just horned himself for drugs, fine. But he took his money, he gave him bunk drugs, and he screwed him up the butt. Yeah, that's kind of rape anyway. You cut the guy refused to understand it that way. Refused to understand it that way. So I said in, in my book, then suddenly we're not glamorizing or romanticizing rape, right? Because men project and they put themselves in that position, and even gay men don't want to be raped. And straight men, sure enough, don't want to be victims of homosexual rape. So suddenly these scenes have horror, unlike Hollywood horror, where only attractive people are getting raped. So largely, yeah, you know, there, there, there's all this talk about, and, the, you know, the, the clap back that I'm getting, the, seeing the, oh, you don't know, you don't know. Hey, listen, if you read my piece in Ozzy about being on the wrong end of a criminal accusation, which I think was the name of it, about uh, a girl who I call Nettie, not her real name, um, who I went to Stanford with, who told some writers from Saturday Night Live who are friends of mine, oh, Eugene raped me. I called her right on the phone, said, what are you talking about? What, when, when did that happen? I've told you this story on the show before. She goes, well, it wasn't very good. I go, the reason it was bad had everything to do with you. And, uh, it, you know, in the morning, you, you, you kissed me, you bid me well and made me breakfast. So I, at what point, when did the rape happen? Because I remember going to sleep and then waking up with your hand on my unit. And then I remember some sexual activity. And then, in actual fact, you're trying to make yourself look good. She goes, hey, look, I've been in analysis for the last 10 years. I did a lot of fucked up shit back then. I'm sorry. Okay, could you please not use my real name in the piece? Okay. She goes, could you talk to the guy who I told that to? Maybe he misunderstood it. I contacted the guy who is now a big shot writer at Sony. He got a couple of books out, a couple of screenplays, a couple of TV shows to his credit. Probably still won't hire me. He goes, I don't remember that at all. Moreover, Eugene, I don't remember her. I go back to her. It says, this guy that you were trying to kiss up to, this guy that you were trying to tell that I had raped you to, does not remember who you are. She writes back angry. He's full of shit. We were roommates for a period of time. <laughs> doesn't remember you. Doesn't. Why don't you start telling people he raped you now? So I'm sensitive to the whole false accusation rule, but largely, ah, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, every now and then, but you know what? It smells like that. It smells like that. The breakdown of the McNuggets ass anal rape thing, sorry, anal, not ass, anal rape uh, piece, every single stop on that road smells legit to me. And my smeller is used to smelling the delegitimate stuff. You ever talk to a cop, specifically a homicide detective? Their fucking radar is, is spot on for a lot of this shit. I remember one, uh, Bill McNeely, uh, a homicide detective, Midtown, uh, Midtown, uh, 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 Midtown Division, New York City. He said to me, he goes, 
if you listen long enough, everybody will tell you everything. And then, you know, and then picking up like kind of the raging bull thing, he goes, you know, with Joe Pesci says, you, uh, dear narrow sister Joe Pesci, you yourself don't know what you yourself just said. People will tell you everything. And all they're listening for is pattern breaks that change the flow of things. Okay, we already know about table dancing in Ibiza with cardboard cutouts of your face on your face. Already know about that. Plenty, know plenty about that. We all know about dollies and it's a side of buses, cell phones slapped out, even though that's post facto. When somebody says that somebody parties hard, what do you think they're talking about? You know, when, when I was younger and, and learning the drug lay of the land, I remember saying to somebody, why would you take a drug that makes it so you don't want to sleep? I was confused about how people were so into crystal meth. And then I, I remember somebody making, making a parallel to a drug that I knew something about, steroids. And they said, look, if you're fighting under the influence of steroids, performance-enhancing drugs, and you discover suddenly that after 20 minutes, you're fighting as strong as you could after one minute, wouldn't that be of use to you? And I suddenly understood. Crystal meth allows you to be up at four in the morning partying like it was 10 at night. Moreover, you can party to the next 10 at night. Partying means, you know, uh, fellowship, community amongst people who have uh, a, a, a chemical aversion to fatigue. The brain is not producing serotonin anymore and uh, they can stay up. If you've ever hung out with people like that, uh, I'm not buying that, man. United States is a nation where women hold all the power. The majority of the voters are women. If a woman, nah, I'm not, I'm not even going to read the rest of that. I'm not even going to read the rest of that. I can't. I, I, I'm not, I, first of all, my shoulder's killing me, and I have to reach over to get it. Ah, ah, is a terrible sport. You know, the, it, look, look, okay, look, just consider this for a second. Let's use a standard of 100. 100 accusations. Typically, this is a crime that's committed when there are not other people around. 100 accusations. Laws of distribution. What percentage of those are false? 50%? 50% are false. 80% are false? 98% are false? And how many are true? 60%? 70%? 50%? What, I mean, in my mind, you know, I'm going to say I'm going to say that the real venomous fucked up people probably account for. Let's just be gracious. Ten percent. Ten percent of the people went up in the room and things didn't work out the way they expected. Stranger danger is woman in South Carolina who just killed, jumped into a car, thought it was an Uber. Wasn't guy raped and killed her. Happens. That's real. Bringing guys down, women are control. That's part of the problem. I see it with high school guys at all. I've seen it from both sides, thinking that women have some magical, mystical thing. Oh, she, she, like Dr. Mabuse, she's everywhere. She can do everything. She's like mist. She's like dust. She can fly. She can, no. 
Yeah, these are just people trying to figure stuff out, man. They're just trying to figure stuff out. So, so it is conceivable to me that a guy who parties a lot, in other words, going as strong at four in the morning as he was at 10, hanging around the table, consuming drinks, which fundamentally, if you if you've taken Yayo, the drinks kind of roll off the edges nicely. You know, so you're trying to go from a four to an eight in terms of your overall party attitude. You can hang, but not too edgy. Somebody comes up over and ah, it's about that time. It'd be nice to be able to do some fucking now. You have exhilaration, exuberance, fantastical flights of fancy, delusions of grandeur. <laughs> you see why certain personality types are attracted to certain drugs. Comes over and and largely. What he was say, what he started out saying, based on the reports, was dead on. She kind of came over and said, oh, "I'm so and so's girlfriend. You know, her my brother is connected to yours." And he's like, "You didn't come over here just to say that. It's probably a hundred percent right." She was either showing off for the people that she was with, or she was trying to curry favor, right? If it had been a total stranger, you come over, you ask for an autograph, and you beat it out of there. Or you try to sneak a selfie. Or you do something. But you're trying to give yourself a placement in space that will be understood by this person that we are in the same part. He goes, you didn't come over here for that. And he gives her what anthropologists call the copulatory gaze. And she understands this commonly as flirting. People have told me, Eugene, when you're fucking flirting with that waitress, I'm not flirting, I'm just talking. My mother was like, you will you stop flirting with the way I'm not flirting? My wife was like, you know, I, I thought you were flirting with that girl. And then I realized you don't know you're doing it. And, I, and then my drummer does this imitation of me talking to like a woman I don't know. And he's like, look, you, that, that's, this is just you. But these signals are given and received. So I'm super conscious of it now. Okay. So he says, you didn't come over here for that. You came over, but uh, you're not, you know, you want to get with me, which is a fu- funny, cute, flirty line. She was like, no. At that point, it would have been very helpful just to leave. You got to survey the lay of the land. Coke, dudes, what was that line from NWA? Tried to pick a girl up. He goes, five Negroes in a car. Are you crazy? Yeah, well, I think that song was called To Kill a Hooker. Off of the second record. Um, so maybe she's like entertained. And then they say, well, we're going to go upstairs. Uh, there, there are tactical errors here. And at the point, then he makes an aggressive push. And she hits him. And to quote Bill from Kill Bill, he goes, I'm a contract killer. When I get upset, what do you think is going to happen? He's not raping people in the octagon, but hanging out with guys who uh, live outside the law, you know, and you might do a quick calculation. She came up with her own volition. Nobody has a gun here. And more importantly, like the, the woman who, uh, who was being shaped up as a 
the British Courtney Love, who's now dead, Elite Bradley, used to be in his band Solar Race, told me about the rapey tendencies of a David Lee Roth. I don't know. She's dead. I have no confirmation. But apparently the line post facto was, who's going to believe you? And I can't imagine that wasn't part of the calculation. Now, in the eyes and the minds of MMA journalists right now, what I'm doing is speculative and dangerous and unwelcome. But I'm not thinking about whether it's a black eye or a feather in the cap of the sport. I, in actual fact, don't give, um, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> a lot of yayo interferes with the angle of the dangle. I mean, I've heard. So, so, um, so, a, 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 you know, they, they, what I'm doing is irresponsible. But it's speculative. I wasn't in the room. Didn't stop people from speculating about what happened to Mike Tyson. You said, well, you your one went to trial. You know, you're prejudicing the jury. Get the fuck. I give a fuck about an Irish jury. Well, you know, you could get sued. Your organization gets sued. What? Patreon.com slash the stomper is going to get sued. Or, or they're going to drag me to extradite me. U.S. government's going to allow them to extradite me to Dublin. Can I have a jury of my peers in Dublin? Because if you think people in Dublin are all that, the mail I'm getting from Dublin is not saying that. The mail I'm getting from Dublin is like, you know what? Dudes cross the line. At first, this was a success story. At first, it was a feather in the cap. Now, nothing but black eyes. There's no upside to this guy. And it's clear that he's forgotten who he is and where he is. I'm quitting. <laughs> And the bald one goes, okay. I don't know if you've ever been in a position like that in a relationship where the person hasn't realized that they're in the midst. Um, my problem is you have defended the possibility of rape. Then the, I got to read this one. All right, bro. <laughs> you're, you're making the show. I, I like this one. Here, here. This will be good. Because uh, it's allowed me to tie into the spineless MMA journalist. It, they, where, whoa, 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 where is it? Where is it? Uh, okay, here, here we go. <laughs> here he goes. I do not have a problem with speculation. My problem is you have defended the possibility of rape more than the possibility that it is either A, consensual, or B, she is lying. Eh, people lie. Everybody lies. And the thing is, everybody knows that everybody lies. I'm going to give McNuggets the same shit that I gave Tupac. If you are a young multimillionaire, your level of paranoia has to be to orders of magnitude high. Remember the sausage on the plate theorem? It's not fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. It's fool me once, shame on me because you don't get second chances. Hanging out in a car in Vegas with Suge Knight? Nah, bro. Nah, it's okay. It's okay. I got to go back to Jaiman Hunsu, the actor. African. Hit it big in America. It's like, man, where's dude living? One of my journalists was over at his, at his place. He's like, he lives in an apartment. An apartment. 
right. Not getting overextended here, bro. No, 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 no. When I went to Halle Berry's house, we go, oh, she have a nice house? Got a nice house, but it was smart. Orlando Jones over this house, Billy Bob Thornton over this house, smart. Evander Holyfield's house, a house he no longer owns. Now, you got to be cautious as fuck. And if you're not, it's on you. It's on you. In other words, she can lie all she wants. Your, the other options uh, that she is consensual, she's lying, doesn't matter. The onus to protect you is on you. And you could say, well, isn't the onus to protect her on her? If she's innocent, yes. Doesn't mean that you can trammel over people's fucking rights. Maybe that's what you're saying to counter it. Assuming for a second that she's a perpetrator and he's the innocent victim. What you're saying, Eugene, is he should have done, he should protect himself. That's like blaming the victim in this instance. Well, going into it, a Saturday night in December at a hotel in Dublin. You know what, Charlie? It was a Charlie Pride or Charlie Rich. Or what is that song? Well, I'm out with the women and the women are looking. I got to pack it in, roll it up, and take it home. Get fucking home. Because you have to understand, everybody who doesn't have a plate full of sausages wants sausages on their plate. That's it. Consensual. So she had consensual sex, and then she went to the hospital. And she couldn't remove the tampon. It was crazy consensual sex. I guess it just struck so fast that she didn't have time to take her, her tampon out. It seems to argue against the consensuality, but I'm not out of the question. I don't know about you, but the number of times I've had anal sex on the first date is much smaller than the number of times I haven't. I mean, it exists. It happens. He could be innocent. But in totality, looking at all of what we have to look at, not just me, all of what everybody has to look at, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying his innocence. And I don't know why the MMA world of journalists is so eager to do so because they're protecting their their their, their media organs. What? The rich guys who oh, oh guys protecting anybody. And the reality of it was, you're like, Eugene, why are you so fucking harping on about this so much? Well, the reality of it was, hold on. The reality of it was, all I'm wanting is some balance, right? Just a little bit of balance. You know where I'm about to go with this? I'm about to go to an uncomfortable place. I didn't see people defending Johnny Boney Joni as aggressively as they're defending McNuggets. So what's the difference between these fighters? Um, 50 pounds? Mm. Mm. Maybe. Ah, I've heard people... It sounded like Johnny Boney Joni had done what McNuggets is accused of doing. Uh, now, pregnant women get in the car crashes all the time. 
but this was like insomnia. And I shit on Johnny Boney Joni during his travails as well. How reckless can you get? How reckless can you? You're under 30 and you're a multimillionaire and you're fucking up. There will be no more TV commercials. No more spots on Fallon. You will have the adjective troubled, bandied about in connection to your name more often than you would have liked. Why? I guess all that money corrupts. And fundamentally, that's where I see this ending up. Fundamentally, I'm not looking at it about race. I'm not looking about national origin. I'm not even talking about the pusillanimous, pusillanimous, uh, 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 pusillanimous uh, uh, MMA journalist. I'm talking about, I guess I'm talking about cash and capital, which is what I think the movie Us was about and we'll discuss later on You Kill Me. America makes this big claim of being a classless society. <laughs> and that cuts a lot of different ways. But I think, you know, our great divider is cash. And that's a global concern. So to buy that she's lying is for me to buy the dominant paradigm, which is that rich people believe that poor people are always trying to get their money. And they're kind of true. It's kind of right, right? Because what would mean a lot to me would be a little to you. It's like you and McTeagle from Monty Python, the great Scottish poet. What's two bob to the light company? It's one of his famous poems. Here's another loved one he wrote. Dear Lottie, could you lend me a quid until Friday? Very funny. Scottish, look up Monty Python, Scottish poet. Very fucking funny. But cash is a global concern. And if you've got a lot of it, you should be concerned. If you have none of it, you should be concerned. If you think you're going to get more of it, you should be concerned. If you think you're going to lose some of it, you should be concerned. Buddhism is great, but that's not where we are. So what are you saying, Eugene? He's either guilty or he's innocent. He's, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm not trying the guy. He's got to go to trial, but... If you don't understand that money is flying around and that this guy has put himself and his family. So me and my family, my family is fine. We're taken care of for life. Oh, really? <laughs> Give Evander Holyfield a call. Give him a call. Find out if he's taken care of for life. But this is mostly for me to shit on MMA journalists who win awards that I don't win, who do this and don't have to do other jobs like I don't like I got to do, who actually make a living doing this. What are you so concerned about this guy for? How does it translate? Hits? Clicks? Fuck this guy. Fuck him. You know who I want to worry I'm worried about? I'm worried about Mark Coleman. How about that? How about that guy? I'm worried about Wes Sims. What about that guy? Tim Sylvia. What about that guy? Joe Lozon. What about that guy? Jens Pulver. What about that guy? Donald Cerrone. What about that guy? <laughs> you know? No, 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 no. I mean, he gave me a lot of joy, McNuggets, initially. And, you know... Dancing on a table in Ibiza with a cardboard cut out of your face on your face gave me some joy. 
I'm even going to have to say running wild and crazy through Barclays Center. That also gave me some joy. Love that chaos shit. Fuck shit up. FSU. But like I said, my spies were telling me, dude's crossing lines. Somebody actually said this. Articulate. He makes John, Johnny Boney Joni look like a Boy Scout. Johnny Boy Joni's hanging out with guys from a mini mart. Losers from a mini mart. Sorry to get, I'm not calling you a loser because you own a mini mart. I'm calling you a loser because you're not watching out for your boy. The boys that McNuggets has chosen to hang out with are part of a crime family. They're self-described crime family. The people he sought out after he was rich. He could have chosen to hang out with TV people. He could have chosen to hang out with people who would have advanced his fortunes in some other way. That's not who he chose. Who do you think made the first approach? You think they approached him or he approached them? Judge a man by his fruits. Oh, usually you're convicting him. You man, maybe I'm, uh, you know. Oh, what are you saying now? Women lying about being rapists for bench again. Our relational revenge or to hide the fact that she is a slut fuck things up for real victims um, okay and i think this is something you should talk about example duke lacrosse or emma sokovitz and mattress girl oh man you're digging deep i remember mattress girl uh, um mattress girl was like nitty <laughs> um she purportedly was raped when she was at columbia and then did you know a uh, neo postmodern protest she didn't think the school was taking her seriously by um, by carrying a mattress around everywhere she went. The dude's family countersued, and then actually the university let him back in because he found that his case was credible. And then in protest, rather than continuing to drag the mattress around, she went and acted out a filmic version of what had purportedly happened to her the night that the guy that she had accused the guy of rape. Fundamentally, a porno. And then put it out into the marketplace and said, if you watch this and you have any instinct for um, purient interest in this, you are part of the problem. It's like, what are you fucking talking about? What are you fucking talking about? You're showing me cinematic depictions of you sucking dick. And if I get in the slightest bit aroused, which I don't and didn't, I'm somehow part of the problem. Look, you know, you have suddenly become part of the problem. You have suddenly become part of the problem. And it does make it harder for victims, real victims. But when cash enters, when cash enters the restaurant, all bets are off. And as far as I'm concerned, if, you know who's not putting any sausages on my plate? Except in the most abstract way, the bald one. He's not put a single sausage on my plate. And I've had multiple business dealings with him. Uh, uh, future publishing sent me out to meet with those guys. I came back with no sausages. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. They were saying we could start a UFC magazine for you, turnkey, top to bottom. All you do is got to give us a licensing fee. And they go, great. How many millions of dollars are you going to give us for that? So, no, 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 we're doing it for you. You take all the profits. So, yeah, yeah, well, you know, you're going to operating expenses. Yeah, it's not a charity. You're going to take some. Didn't leave there with a sausage. Was it a good business decision? Probably not. But given how quickly MMA media changed from 
printed magazines that you would read once a month to daily online stuff via SureDog and MMA Fighting and all these other websites, you know, Bloody Elbow. Change. It would have been pointless to have a monthly magazine then. Did, did the bald one stumble into a good decision? Or did he just, as a blanket categorical thing, say, any sausages leaving my plates are not good sausages? Don't know. Don't know. But there are lots of fighters right now who are managing not to be accused of anal rape. Lots of fighters. Lots and lots and lots and lots of fighters. In fact, when you have, what, 575 people on the payroll at the UFC? Right now, I think that there are 574 of them who are not being accused of anal rape. And I don't understand that, like, we're protecting what? You know, when he said he retired, you know what the Baldwin said? Ah, bye-bye. I don't need you anymore. Not with the baggage. And everything that McNuggets has done since then, since December, has been, you know, I, I don't know if you've been in a position to really, to fuck up really badly. Oh, man. God, I can't undo that, bro. I did. I, I wrote about it in a long, slow screw. <laughs> no, no, not, not the anal rape. I pushed a cinder block off of a building. Not thinking. I was a kid. I was nine years old. Kid cartoon time. I kind of peered over as a cinder block fell like 90 feet, almost killing this West Indian cat who was washing his, uh, uh, shining his convertible, Thunderbird. It may have, it may have bombed through the roof of the Thunderbird, which was a convertible. It may have. And I remember as I saw that thing careening down, I was like, what if it hits him? God damn it. God damn it. All the stuff he's been doing to wallpaper over, to wallpaper over his possible future recrimination. You're fucked, bro. You're fucked. Your sausages have made you a delectable target. You know who doesn't get accused of anal rape? Guys who are sitting watching TV with their wives at 10 o'clock. They don't get accused of anal rape. Oh, Eugene, what do you say? He can't, he can't hang out with his organized crime friends and take a bunch of coke and hang out all night? Why not? It's just God-given right. Hey, man. Hey, you know. Binary. He did it or he didn't. Goes to court. Preponderance of evidence will decide one way or the other. If they decide the man is innocent, I'll keep my mouth shut. I will only re re refer to him then as the, uh, the, uh, the accused anal rapist because he was accused, not convicted, or, in, in the, you know. I knew a guy who referred to Muhammad Ali forever as draft dodger. It was a statement of fact. Draft dodger Muhammad Ali. Greatest of all time, draft dodger. You know. Guy would, and I'm not going to mention his name. He doesn't need the bad press. And I said I would never mention his name on the show anyway because he's a piece of shit. But he was right about Ale. He's a draft dodger. Call things as they are. Like Wallace Stevens said in The Man on the, in the Blue Guitar. Great poem. Man on the Blue Guitar plays things as they are. I said, I'm not going to ruin the poem for you. You should read it. 
So anyway, um, I, I, I'm disgusted with the press because what I'm seeing, what, I, yeah, yeah, uh, bro, I understand there are false accusations. I started out talking about those false accusations, but those false accusations occur on a personal level. What's happening now with the mealy mouth MMA press is uh, uh, an organizational issue. And just like I'm picking underdogs when I pick fights, same thing. I was 0-3 this past week, by the way. Let that not go without saying. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Safety alert. Oh, it was a fire somewhere near where I am right now. Silver alert. I'm okay. I'm here. I haven't wandered off for the elderly, not the amber alert, silver alert. So, um, so I'm going to, I'm just going to say, uh, I got to lean back. Man. It's, I've been doing a crunch for an hour. Uh, that, that, yeah. Um, the problems are organizational. People are not being ginger about talking about this because they have a personal concern. They have an organizational concern. They don't have a philosophical concern. They have an organizational concern. They don't want to get fired. They don't want to get sued. But without a coke-fueled, fucking organized crime hang fighter uh, uh, who's hanging out at 4 o'clock in the morning, we don't have this discussion. We talk about other things. In any case, the dude is done. Doesn't have the sway. You need the time now to prepare for your legal defense. So I guess you should go ahead and do that. Mentioning 0-3, I picked Barbosa, who is now what we call a Gicta, uh, over Gaethje. I didn't think Gaethje would bounce back. I was not uh, uh, counting on his age uh, and his desire and his post-fight. Uh, somebody tipped me off to it. Yeah, his post-fight uh, interview was great. Also complaining in a, in a place that was eerily reminiscent of what uh, 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 Demetrius Mighty Johnson said about the UFC like the worst girlfriend in the world, calling, demanding, demanding, calling, hectoring, heckling, you know, do this, do that. I need you to do Why can't you do that? You are the worst. Because, man, this is what Anderson Silva was talking about when he was talking about. Um... Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're right, man. You're right. This is right. He says, uh, what does he say? I, and I'll get back to business. The greatest gift a man can give another man is a gift of awareness. I've never tried to push you in a certain direction. I just want you to be aware of all sides, of uh, of all sides. If McGregor McNuggets is found guilty, I will apologize to you on Twitter, as I know this is <laughs> well. That's sensitive. You know, I I I come from a world of women, man. Um, you know, four sisters, three daughters, aunts, 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 female cousins, cousins, female cousins, cousins. My early, some of my earliest memories are hanging around the hairdresser with my great-grandmother. All the men married him, and they were all working, hard-working men in my family. I mean, I developed my love of fights from my grandfather, but it was in my blood anyway. I lifted weights with my father when I was five. I had the typical macho pursuits, but this I see guys run a rough shot, and there's nobody to fucking check them. A buddy of mine, one of the guys uh, from El Nino Fight Team, he sees a guy uh, up in the street in San Francisco. Well, you know, some woman's there in yoga pants and got the yoga mat, and she's talking on the phone. And the guy steps up in her face. He's like, what? What? Well, he doesn't say anything, but he's making that body motion. My buddy follows him about half a block, 
says, hey, I want to talk to you for a minute about what happened back there. He goes, oh, I guess you're one of those tough guys. He slaps him in the face. He goes, you can come easily or I can drag you. No, bro, just take it, take it easy, bro. Takes it back to the woman. He goes, I want you to apologize to me. He's like, oh, fuck that bitch. Boom, boom, boom. Slaps him three times. This guy's, you know, anytime you get slapped by a fighter, let me tell you, it's not like getting slapped by a normal person. And the guy apologizes. And the woman sort of creeped out, <laughs> you know. You need this vigilante uh, fucking Clint Eastwood justice. But um, these are fucking liberty takers. So this is why I'm insane. But Gaethje, I thought that I didn't counter on the fact that he was young enough, bounced back it up, and his po- post-fight, he goes, man, I go in there. I don't think I'm, hey, I see, this is this is the sound of a warrior. I, I, I'm hoping that. He goes, I'm getting better all the time. Good, 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 good. Well, by, by which I hope you understand that to mean you, you're, you're absorbing less damage. But he solidly put away Barbosa. He solidly put himself back in the conversation. He solidly stopped the slide, and it was wonderful. He got close enough to nullify the kicks. God, I'm dying physically here. To nullify the kicks. Yeah, it's chaos. And 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 one and then deliver kicks of his own. So that they are to send a signal. Not there's no unidimensionality here. Go try wrestling. See what they see. How that does you. And and just you know, poured it in like Normandy. Poured everything I had into that little spot above your neck called your head. Wonderful. Hermanson and uh, and Branch, I think, yeah, I love my man, another New Yorker, older guy, but I think Branch should maybe. It's not even a, it's not even an issue of gift at this point. I think we may be witnessing a, a slow slide. Uh, Michelle, I had to go with the home team, Michelle and Carolina, the home team, but specifically, you know, Princess of Poland. It got handled. I feel comfortable saying that Michelle uh, Watterson, Karate Hottie's on the upswing. How will she do? Second meeting with Namajus. Don't know. I think she could take Andrade at this point. But good, good place in space. Good shtick. Like it. Uh, Eddie Alvarez, in my mind, that was a, a Chandra. Infomnia. That was a, a mockery of a travesty of a sham. You ruined that guy. And that guy allowed himself to get ruined. You know, beaten by a no name. Uh, You've not gotten that guy any closer to a top ranking. And you've ruined the guy that you paid a lot of money to. But maybe he's a short term, Eddie. Maybe he's thinking other things. He's got other things and other sources of income. I don't know. I'd like to do a 10 years after. By which I mean going now, going back to 2009, that's 10 years ago, and looking at the fighters who were big in 2009 and see where they are now. Just like that, that biz school study where they looked at the 100 top companies from 100 years ago and found out how many of them were still, these were earth shattering, like you know Standard Oil, Union Steel, American Steel. Where are they now? Not very many of them survived. Is that entropy? I don't know what it is, but I know you gotta be savvy as fuck to stick around. So those were the three, and Demetrius, you know, he, he won his fight. It was it was a game fight, but you know what he's traded is like my family security for peace of mind. I've heard from everybody, everybody. I don't know if it's Keith, also known as Sean Shelby, who's making these calls, but from Jermaine Durandamy uh, to uh, some of the other MMA fighters who I know who have fought for the UFC, it is an uncomfortable situation. 
you know, but I got to say, sympathy for the devil in this instance, I have to say that if you've been on the promotional side, trying to, there are a lot of working parts to put this shit together, and I really don't give a fuck that your mother's sick. I really don't give a shit that you fell down a flight of stairs and you hurt your, I need you to show up. You don't show up, you're making my life fucking difficult. Well, what about now? I got lots of balls I'm juggling. Excuse me if I called you late. Sorry. And when you get these personality types, you know, it's like herding cats. It's not a fucking easy job. Not a cool job. Not a fun job. My heart goes out to Keith, also known as Sean Shelby. He gets it from above. He gets it from below. But the reality of it is, you know, for things to work, it's got to work for everybody which also ties us in, 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 in instructively to uh, anal rape. It's got to work for everybody. You know, if, if, if it's working for everybody, they don't call it anal rape anymore. They just call it anal. That works for everybody who's interested. But if it's not working for everybody, then we can call it anal rape. And it's sad, you know, it's sad. And I feel sad in the same way that I felt sad for Johnny Boney Joni because I'm looking at what you lost, not what you've gained. Oh, you know, my family, I got over $100 million in the bank. Great. So you could afford a riding lawnmower. You know, my Romanian bodybuilding friend, when I asked him if he had a big bodybuilding competition, how, how did he win? He just looks at me, he goes, a love of the people. And at first I started laughing. I thought he was joking, trying to justify a loss. He was telling the God's honest truth. I stood on a stage and I entertained a thousand people. And whatever little statuette, whatever, the audience loved me. And we're not talking about how lovable a, a once lovable guy was. We're talking about whether he stuck his cock in somebody's ass unrequested or not. I don't know if you've ever been on the receiving end of those kinds of attentions. Overwhelming force. If you've been bullied as a kid, maybe you are abused by an old, maybe you know what I'm talking about. Shit's not fucking cool. And, I, I, you know, women are a lot more gracious than I would be. I would have to say, there's a friend of mine who was in prison for murder and he's small. And he was approached by a guy who said, you know, I'm gonna take you. And finally the guy said, pulled him aside in a spit in a spot where if he was afraid, he never would have pulled him aside, right? A side where he could have a very private conversation. And he said to the larger guy, he said, if you think that I'm one of those guys who, because I murdered somebody by accident, wouldn't do it again, you're 100% wrong. Now, you might, you might get away. You might get away with raping me. But there won't be a day after that that I don't try to murder you. So the decision is yours. And left it. No fear in his eyes. No, because when he was in... In fucking prison, like prison, prison, not a jail, not a, you know, prison. 
grown up in a psychotic family and he was like, you know, I, I'm not going to spend six years getting it up the ass. Sorry. Guy looked in his eyes, took a full measure of the man, and walked his way. If she had shot McNuggets after that, people would have gone, oh, my God, it was terrible. It was terrible. But, oh, now it's a crime? Now it's a crime. No, 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 bro. So let's go. Let's go to court. Let's go to court. You know, let the justices and the juries of the world figure out what really happened. And then we can proceed with our apologies or explanations post facto. Post facto. There's no way to know, except in this instance, there were other people in the room. The people in the room were unlikely to be the people, kind of people in the room who were going to, like, snitch. I don't need them to snitch, though. All you need to do is say, what happened? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't drinking. You know what that is? That's not a defense. It's a guy saying, I'm not going to snitch. I don't know what happened. I'm also not going to perjure myself. Nobody can prove that I didn't know what happened. Unless you were the one holding the camera. Is that your phone? Yes. Is that the video on your phone? Yes. Were you holding the phone? No. Who's holding your phone? I don't know. Hmm. Do you often have a phone that you don't know where it is? Well, I don't know where it is now. That's because you're in jail. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, so three fights. There were other fights in the card that people have told me about. Uh, I still haven't gotten around to watching them. I was thinking specifically of Michael Johnson, but I knew Michael Johnson would lose because he's a fucking gicta. So I had no interest against Abbott. Abbott and Costello is like an Emmett. Who knows? Some guy. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Uh, V59. Sorry, I, I went on too long about McNuggets, but I've just been reading so much back chatter and that and uh, and uh, rebop on on Twitter. And I, I, I want to, I want to, you know, guys, oh, well, now that, you know, get, uh, get, you know, MMA media, I'm not giving, it seems like I was giving them a hard time. Really what I was doing, look, these guys, they got colleges to pay for for their kids. They got houses that got to be paid for. I understand that. But don't try to fucking sell me on this other thing that you were doing, that you were doing correct journalistic due diligence. Don't try to sell me on that. Not, not a single one of you reached out to that pregnant woman who had her arm broken for to for a response to find out if your stories are right. So why? Why now? Concern. Well, I think that McNuggets was a more valuable asset to the corporation. Frankly, this is me saying it honestly, than uh, Johnny Boney Joni. He had crossed lines that, that Johnny Boney Joni hadn't crossed. I don't remember Johnny Boney Joni doing very many TV commercials. You know, it was just, it was a perfect storm of, of McNuggetism where he's, you know, the plucky Irishman and he quick with the wit and he was humorous and he was funny and it all came screeching to a halt. There's a sorrow here. Guy who, his, he got his ass too close to the sun and it got burned. 
and now he's just a guy who could have done something good. You got to know that. 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 He is not the same. Innocent or guilty, that brand is damaged. Damaged. Anyway, this is V59. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. We have one more day of Patreon.com. See if the tally, what the tally is going to be like for March. I will share it with you on next week's show. Tuesday, two days from now at 7.20, it'll be If I Did It, followed by If the Shoes Fit. We already recorded the Care Don't Care preview, so that'll be happen Tuesday afternoon, depending on Steph's likes or whenever she wants to run it. There is no fight next weekend. But uh, I guarantee you I'm going to have some stuff to talk about. So anyway, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Eugene Robinson. For those of you who have headphones on, there's about to be a scream. Plan accordingly. Look what you made me do! Uh!